Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio, brought to you by and sponsored by All Metals and Forge Group, a manufacturer of seamless rolled rings and custom-shaped forgings, which you may want to contact by their website, steelforge.com, S-T-E-E-L-F-O-R-G-E.com. With me today is Lou Weiss, who's the president of All Metals and Forge Group, and we're going to be talking to two individuals from Tex America's Center about the massive amount of space that they are under contract to get leased or sold. It'll be a fascinating discussion to find out what they're doing, Lou. Uh, it looks like it's part of the old Red River Army Depot that they may be working in, but we'll confirm that as the show goes on. Okay, sounds good. Uh, uh, Eric uh, Boyles and uh, John Sessler, thank you for joining us today. Um, uh, Eric and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about uh, what you are actually doing at uh, Tex America. So uh, why don't we start off with you giving us a little critique on what the company does, and then we'll, we'll drill you full of questions about how you do it and how successful and where is it going. So, Eric? Thank you for having us, uh, Lou and, and, and Tim. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to talk with you about Tex America Center, who we are, where we're located, and the services that we offer. Uh, we are a Sounds state like of you Texas. wrote the show. <laughs> um, we are a state of Texas local redevelopment authority. So we are quasi-governmental special purpose district of the state of Texas, just like your airport authority might be. Our purpose is to redevelop former military property in Bowie County, Texas. Bowie County uh, sits in the far right corner um, of Texas. Um, we sit adjacent to the state of Arkansas, the state of Oklahoma, and the state of Louisiana, right in that little corner. Um, we own 12,000 acres of former military property and about 3.5 million square feet. Uh, our our charge has been to try to bring one job for every acre we own. So our board of directors expects us to create 12,000 jobs on this uh, property. We're doing that by reinvesting in the infrastructure. So we have rebuilt the electric system, the gas system, the fiber system, the water, the sewer system, and we're about ready to engage in rebuilding the rail system on the property. Yeah. Let's see, one uh, one person, one acre. That's keeping distance in the COVID world that we're all in. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, that, uh, that sounds like a, a monumental task. Uh, question, is this typical of uh, what you do? Is it typical of other states that have uh, business development and uh, or redevelopment? Or are you, are you a, a unique anomaly? We're very unique. 
Um, there's only about nine entities like us in the state of Texas, and next to uh, Alaska, we're the largest uh, landmass state in the union. Um, I know that there was uh, a facility called Savannah in Illinois, where I'm originally from. There's uh, uh, one or two uh, locations like this in, in Indiana, but uh, where just about every county in the entire country has a, a chamber which tries to cause economic development or a real economic development group or a, a, you know, a, or a person working for the city or the county. So you wind up with like five or six different people trying to bring economic prosperity you know, to a county um, we're we're real different. Um, we I like to think of us as a uh, um, kind of a not-for-profit industrial land development and management company, and then we've added logistics to that, so we can actually get into the uh, the side of, of business where we're actually helping to drive costs down for for operations. Let me go to John for a second here, Lou. Uh, John is the Vice President of Logistics and Third-Party Logistics Operations. John, what do you see developing happening on this 12,000 acres? It sounds to me like it could be anything from anything. Yes, sir, and, and thanks for having us today. Um, I see a, a, a long line of possible uh, development uh, to include automobile manufacturing, solar, um, um, just general uh, piece packaging operations, also warehousing and that type of like, that type of thing. So we have the resources to accommodate uh, uh, just about any any type of uh, manufacturing or logistics operations. And spread out over a lot of ground. Now I understand that some of this is old. Uh, Army um, explosive bunkers. What kind of square footage in a bunker, and how can I get one to run my business out? <laughs> yeah, so great question. So uh, on the the old Lone Star side, we have about uh, 2.1 million square feet of uh, space that was there to support the manufacturing of uh, munitions. You know, anything from uh, Patriot uh, missiles to 50 caliber machine gun rounds were manufactured at the old Lone Star uh, facility. And so uh, you have uh, what we call the load lines where they used to produce those. Um, and they're still well uh, set up for that type of activity. We've, we've attracted companies in that do what's called D-mill, so uh, howitzer rounds that have never been ex ex um, expended but they're at the end of their useful life, have to be decommissioned. And so one of the companies we brought in um, is, uh, is tearing those old howitzer um, shells apart. Um, but they have to have a place to store them. So in total, we have 350,000 square feet of former igloos, um, munitions bunkers, uh, spread across three different uh, complexes. Uh, a bunker can range from about 1,100 square feet to uh, almost 1,700 square feet on, on our property. So let me ask you a question. Um, I, being a former 105 howitzer, uh, on a uh, 105 howitzer gun crew, uh, those 60-pound uh, rounds, uh, are they disassembling them there? Yeah, the, the company that's called XPAL USA, it's a subsidiary of a Spanish company. 
that's called MaxAm. Yes, sir. Um, we help them get up and going on our footprint. Uh, they now have one uh, is a $150 million contract to disassemble the, the howitzer rounds that were starting to become unsafe for our warfighters to handle. Are those stable rounds? Uh, they are, um, and, um, but you don't want to have them out in a, a potential theater of war being handled by warfighters. So they are brought back here before they get to the point where they become unstable, and they are broken down into their constituent parts. And so uh, you, they wind up uh, taking them down to a point where they can uh, recycle the, uh, the propellant, uh, the explosive charge, and then recycle uh, the brass, uh, destroy the, uh, the primer, and um, they'll recycle the, the, the head of the round as well. Well, that's a, that's a uh, little touch-and-go job there, disassembling all that. I guess that's why they have the 18-inch walls. That's right. That's exactly right. And it's very high-tech. I mean, you, you probably, you know, most people, unless they're really heavily engaged in the industry, their only exposure to that work would be that old Buzz, Bugs Bunny uh, cartoon where he's uh, taking <laughs> that mallet and banging it on the, the warhead to see if it's a dud. But, uh, you know, it, this work is all done with robotics. You know, people feed it into a chamber, and uh, then they go through the process, and, you know, and if something goes wrong, you lose some equipment. You know, you don't lose a person. Yeah, that's uh, yep. that's for sure. And these this acreage that you're working on, Eric and John, um, didn't come to you in pristine condition for modern use. What did you have to do or are doing to make it a desirable a desirable place to locate? logistics or a business or whatever else may go in there? Yeah, no, great question, great question. So uh, of the 12,000 acres, um, about uh, 9,000 acres, um, when we took it, uh, there was um, sufficient environmental concerns for a record from it to be placed over top of it. Um, by 2015, we had over 2,000 acres uh, deemed to be um, clean and clear enough uh, that both TCEQ, which is the, the EPA for the state of Texas, and the United States Army agreed that this ground was, was clean. So the first 2,000 acres came off in 2015. We now have no further action letters on um, over 6,000 acres, and we are on the agenda for TCEQ to vote to remove the RICRA permit on uh, the next, it's about 6,500 acres. Um, so that means that uh, between the United States Army, uh, TCEQ and ourselves, uh, we have gone through the process of cleaning up uh, thousands of acres to the point where it is remedy standard A and can have industrial development on it. And that's why we're building our first spec building, which will be complete in July on that property. So we can demonstrate to people the property's clean. It's ready to go. Um, so you know, that, is a, that is a big push of ours. Then you have all the infrastructure. So we have spent ourselves 
over $20 million to fix infrastructure issues on the property. And then every time we get uh, an infrastructure to a point where it can be transferred, we've transferred it to a public utility company. So uh, AEP um, owns a local company called Southwest Electric. So we transferred the electrical system to SWEPCO. We transferred the uh, fiber system to a local fiber company, Conteras, and they have finished building in 144-strand fiber on our property. Uh, we transferred the water system to the local water resource district called River Bend. Now, River Bend um, has taken the uh, water plant that we built um, and, and also the sewer plant that we built, and they announced last year that they're going to expand all that, that uh, by 2005 they will complete a $200 million investment in additional water and sewer infrastructure on our property, and, and we will add raw water as one of the utilities uh, that we have. So um, natural gas, um, we are working with a company called Navitas. Uh, they specialize in boutique um, developments like ours, and uh, we, we looked across the country before we selected them. They're part of the Koch brothers um, family of the businesses, and we're very excited to have them on. And they agreed to come in at a, a very low cost for gas, and so for uh, large commercial and industrial users, our pricing actually beats um, Centerpoint, which is well known as a low-cost natural gas supplier. So we've, we've invested in all of that. And then the last thing we've invested in is the individual buildings. So um, one of the buildings that uh, you know, we're looking to stand up some um, activity in would be the complex, what we call Area D, which is uh, 12 22,150-square-foot building, and that's one of the places John's wanting to focus his activities. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I'll, I'll be brief, but uh, we have, uh, we've taken a lot of these older uh, buildings uh, from the Army Depot, and like uh, Eric said, he's renovated those. I've been involved in this area for uh, the last 15 years. I actually was a tenant here. I ran many operations out of these buildings, and Eric and the Tex Americas team prior to me joining has done a fabulous job on, on, on regenerating and, and rejuvenating, excuse me, rejuvenating, giving life to these old buildings. We actually have a tenant on, on site, and Eric helped me, but they are a, a, a hand sanitizing uh, company. So um, they, they actually cook uh, a product to do hand sanitizing, air fresheners. So we, we have some sort of food grade and have available food grade facilities. Uh, within our, our footprint as well. The company's Rocasa, um, great little startup story. Um, the lady started in her, uh, her house in a, about a 150-square-foot bedroom, and uh, then when she outgrew the house, uh, she moved into a, a, the, one of the local church's kitchen until the point where they couldn't cook you know, Sunday dinners in there anymore because she had so much stuff, and they kind of asked her to get out, you know, expand somewhere else, and so uh, we invested about 250000 to make one of our buildings food grade for, and uh, we've had her on campus now for uh, uh, right at a year. So we're, we're super excited about having them here. So you have a, the, the interesting part, aside from all of the development and redevelopment, uh, is that uh, basically you're building or, or launching uh, uh, business parks uh, within the confines of this 12,000 acres. Uh, and 
who, who's getting you the clients? Where are they coming from? How are they? How does somebody get to you? Our website. Company... Ah, yes, there sir. you go. Yeah, our website is uh, Tex T E X America with an S on it. Tex America's Center C E N T E R dot com. And we just launched the uh, the new website in June. Our old website really only talked about our property, but we're now trying to explain all the services that we offer. And we've we've tried to explain it um, in in a way that it makes sense to who our clientele are. So we work with site search consultants, we work with commercial real estate brokers, and we work with private businesses. So we tried to set it up so that you can come in, and we've and understand what we can do for you. So we have three separate portals. And, you know, um, the, the folks that are listening here probably are business owners. So use the, sure. the portal that says, you know, how, to, how, how can I expand my business to Tex America Center? Yeah, and, and let, me, let me add to that real quick, if it's okay. The, um, the Arklatex region is a booming logistics region with the uh, additional the addition of the uh, new roadways that's put in place that Eric's going to talk about in a little bit. Um, uh, we we are in this corner here of Texas, a booming area, and we have uh, folks that come look at Tex Americas as a possible solution for their manufacturing needs, as we talked about from automobile manufacturers all the way to food grade manufacturers, to include the government um, and military support of the Red River Army Depot. So this is a very unique uh, area of the of the country that offers a, a, a vast array of, of logistical and transportation uh, benefits. Uh, that's uh, pretty neat. Let me let me ask you, it, being that this is uh, uh, such a massive uh, project, uh, and for a manufacturer to uh, either a new company or a startup who wants to start up uh, small and they can grow into more and more property. I presume that's part of your uh, uh, part of your program. Uh, is the just get an idea so our listeners get an idea as to whether this is an expensive project for them to get into, or is it moderately priced, or? Uh, what, what's, and I'm not asking you for dollars and cents other than um, is this a good value proposition for manufacturers? You know, that is such a great question, and I'm, I'm so glad you asked it because um, I think that the best way to talk about it would be to kind of explain what we did to help um, XPAL. So XPAL um, – is a subsidiary of a very large international company that's headquartered in Spain, but their U.S. operation had two people. So it'd be just like working with a small manufacturer. They came to us, and what they needed was just an address. So because they really didn't have revenue at the time, I agreed to work out a deal with the CEO. We will carve off this one office, as long as you agree that once you get contracts, you're going to start your manufacturing activity here, you know, not in Arkansas, not in Tennessee, and we got a handshake agreement on that. He moved into that 100-square-foot space for free. He was there for a year until he had revenue. Then we began the process of adding bunkers. Then we added manufacturing space. We even put a deal together for a 
um, it was a 17,000 square foot building that he only needed 5,000 square foot. I set up the lease so that he only paid for the 5,000 square foot that he was using um, as they began the business. So we structure everything to try to maximize the cost that you have for operating here so that you get your best return on investment and stabilize quickly. Now having said that, there are the other overhead costs that are just built into operating here. Uh, the first right. is logistics piece that John talked about. Uh, we have one complete interstate now, I-30. In addition to that, I-49 is complete south to New Orleans, which connects with 20 and 10, and then uh, 49 uh, still has about 180 miles to be built north before it gets to Fort Smith, and once it gets to Fort Smith, it runs all the way to uh, Kansas City and then runs all the way to Canada. Then you have 369, which is being built coming out of Canada by Detroit. It's complete almost all the way to um, Memphis, and they have started building it across the border out of Mexico, um, and they've already built 69 through Houston. So that is going to connect here at Texarkana. So we will have three interstates, you know, very similar to a place like maybe Indianapolis in terms of the logistics infrastructure that we're going to have long-term. Mm -hmm. You couple that with two Class One railroads, and we have that, that tremendous uh, advantage around logistics. The electricity, we are 20% below the U.S. average for our electricity costs. I already mentioned that we have, uh, Texas is well known for Centerpoint to be a low-cost gas location. Our rates are better. Um, Fiber, um, the fact that we have 144-strand fiber on our footprint, it's about a third of the cost of uh, what uh, the uh, legacy provider in our market, uh, Windstream, was charging. Labor rates here um, tend to be about 20% below um, the Texas average. And then finally, when you look at uh, property taxes, uh, it's one of the reasons why I came here. Um, this is just a prudent uh, community around taxes. We don't raise taxes for really just about anything. Um, we toe the line, we live within our means, and that means that uh, compared to the other metro markets in the state of Texas, our tax rates are about 20 to 30 percent below what you see in the other large markets. So you're in a community with nearly all the same attributes that you're going to get in a large market. You're just paying 20 to 30% below what you would pay in a larger market, and you get the flexibility that uh, we bring to the table for getting you up and running in a location, um, not to mention how John's efforts can help get you up and going quickly and also allow for a transition to your own people if that's what you so choose. So you're, you're very much involved with the a conversion of a, a potential client, uh, offering them all these various uh, uh, entities to entice and incentivize uh, them joining into your uh, property. Yes, sir. But that's not to say that we're intrusive. If you want to get up and go <laughs> on, on your own, this is Texas. You have every right to do that. 
I, I have a I have a good idea for you, and, it, and it's not for us to be self promoting ourselves, but I would strongly recommend because uh, the way the two of you have uh, described uh, your functions and your your uh, uh, your value to uh, manufacturing and warehousing and logistics and so on, I think you ought to put a link on your website to this interview, and this way. Your, you just have to tell your your clients, potential clients, just listen to the show, and that tells you everything. So that's up to you. You can tell us about that some other time. But uh, this is really uh, fascinating, and it's cheaper than what one might find in another state or another part of the country or even within the state of Texas. Absolutely. Uh, and, Eric and John, I, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead and finish your point. Well, I didn't mention this, um, but you go back to the beginning when I was saying we're a public entity. So we operate just like a municipality. So what, what does that mean? That means we know, approve. Is that good or bad? That it's good because we approve the land use. We approve the building permits. So when ah. when – when I'm sitting with you and I'm telling you I can get you into this building and John's saying that uh, he can handle the logistics activities and we'll do this and this and this, but, but we have to make some changes to the building, well, that's when we bring our vice president of operations in who is a licensed engineer, and when he listens to what's going on and signs off on it, you're ready to go. So... We tend to tell people that as long as your plans for what you're going to do um, in alterations of the building or the site aren't anything beyond what Jeff can look at and review, we can probably approve your building plans in 72 hours. Well, that sounds Not a lot better months. than having to be. That sounds a lot better than having to deal with a town council and a town engineer and so on. <laughs> that could take years. Exactly. And the great thing is we have all of this stuff on our website. It's all pre-published so that you have a feel for what we will allow to go where and what our, our design guidelines are for a building. All of that's pushed out there. Um, and we've tried to, because our property is, is focused on industrial, you know, we don't we don't get into incursions of residential next to items. And that also right. helps us move more quickly. You want and then we have the if it's gonna be a new building, another piece that's really interesting is uh we're in the middle of what's called the Piney Woods region of America. And so we have eighty foot uh, yellow pines all over our uh property. So let's say you, you're going to put up a big processing operation that may not be as, as attractive as uh, we would prefer to see. Leave a 25-foot buffer of these yellow pines around your property line. You can build whatever you want inside of that. So you're keeping it uh, beautiful at the same time as functional. Absolutely. Our focus is on creating jobs and bringing economic prosperity back to the, the community of Texarkana. Yeah, and Lou and Tim, let me add real quick as well, you know, we, we want to be value-added on the logistics side also. So Eric and his team does a fabulous job on, 
on getting folks to our site, getting the right building, um, and be it with manufacturing or, or warehousing and logistics, we on our, our side offer the opportunity to, you bring your company here, we'll help you with staffing, we'll help you with all the equipment, trucks, uh, we'll do as much or as little as you like. And then as you get up and running, we can, we can naturally and, and organically transfer over to your staff. These can be your employees on site, or we can keep them as Tex America's employees and continue to service your operation. So we're very, very flexible as, as well. So for listeners who tuned in late, why don't you give us your website again? Uh, you can't give that out too many times. So why don't you give us that? Yes, sir. Uh, TexAmericaCenter.com. Tex, like Texas, T-E-X, America, with an S on it, Center, C-E-N-T-E-R, all one word, dot com. Fantastic. Fantastic. Eric, John, we appreciate you joining us. And for those of you who have been listening to the show and you're wondering where this is, uh, it's about three miles west of Texarkana, Texas. And uh, as uh, Eric was explaining, we've got a number of interstates running through the area that connect you with the rest of America. So take a serious look at this development by Tex Americas, the Tex Americas Center. Eric, John, thank you for joining us today on Manufacturing Talk Radio. No, thank you. It was a pleasure. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, we appreciate you all very much. Thank you. Thank thank you much. And uh, uh, like I said, we ought to talk about uh, that link for you. Uh, because you said it all in 30 minutes. <laughs> no, I, I love that. Uh, we'll be following back up with you for the link. All right, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you very much. All right, guys, thank Good. you. Take care. Thank now. you. Great stuff, and we've been talking with Eric Voiles, who is Executive Vice President and Chief Economic Development Officer for Tex American Center, and John Sessler, who's the Vice President of Logistics and third-party logistic operations for Tex America Center. If you'd like to know more about this show, please come to mftalkradio.com and go to the show itself, or you can go to jacketmediaco.com, where we have our other podcasts, including this one, Manufacturing Talk Radio, Women and Manufacturing, a podcast that talks about women and empowering their roles uh, in the business workforce, Hazard Girls, which speaks on unusual roles that women have in business and industry. Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, who is an economist who talks about why manufacturing matters. And Where's Willie, who is speaking to us frequently from the production or factory floors on what's happening on the ground. And we appreciate, as always, you listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.